Hello and welcome to The Better Business Show with me, Tom Idle. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up this week. We have a population of 6,000 people. We have a population of banana trees that's like over 300,000 banana trees. So it's an abundant uh, resource that has previously been um, just wasted. And I kind of found that out and did some research and, and found that the fibers inside are useful. Yes, this time we're diving into the middle of nowhere to meet Matt Simpson owner of Green Banana Paper, a company that exists to give employment for Micronesians who for once in a generation don't now want to leave their islands. Stay tuned. Yes, hello, welcome back. This is episode 57 of The Better Business Show. Thanks for being there. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, these are exciting times on the journey towards more sustainable and more resilient business. And we continue to bring you great examples of companies and organizations finding brilliant new ways of doing and selling and building and and, and shaping their businesses in the face of the growing threats around us. And we have another such story for you again this week in the form of Green Banana Paper, uh, which is a sort of Ron Seal type name for the business in that it does exactly what it says on the tin, paper made from banana trees. Don't worry, we're going to explain a lot more very soon. But before we get cracking this week, there's just a couple of stories I wanted to point you in the direction of today. I know we do our Friday Five show every Friday in which we round up the latest news. Uh, of course, if you haven't heard that yet, then then do check it out. It's um, it's on the same feed as, as this main show. So if you subscribe to The Better Business Show, you'll automatically get our Friday Five show. Um, but just a couple of stories that, that really sort of caught my eye as I was catching up on a few things over the weekend and, and looking at social media. The first was about Kering being uh, named as founding partner for a new fashion innovation accelerator. Kering, of course, owns uh, Gucci and Puma and Stella McCartney, big, big fashion uh, house. And it's jumped on board for what's known as the Plug and Play Fashion for Good initiative, which is another of these online platforms. And the aim of this one is to link... Uh, incumbent businesses with small-scale innovative startups to support the scaling up of new technologies and new ways of doing things and different you know, business models. And of course, this is exactly the sort of thing that is close to our hearts here on The Better Business Show. Many of these small-scale startups have been on our show and they listen to the show also. And this is a, you know, very much the premise of The Better Business Show, linking up what you hear and learn from... Um, these small nimble startups and linking that with um, sort of big legacy businesses which let's face it find it much harder to do things differently and be uh, I guess nimble enough to change and yet here we've got Kering saying things like the future of luxury is dependent on innovation to help weave sustainability into every niche of our industry from raw material sourcing and manufacturing processes to end of use. That was Kering's Chief Sustainability Officer, uh, Marie-Claire DeVoe, who said that this week. Um, so you got some support also for this from the CNA, uh, the CNA Foundation, which is the, uh, the kind of separate collaboration-focused arm of CNA, uh, which is another big retail company. Um, and then uh, who, which which joined the, the project on Thursday of last week, and it's obviously the first company to commit to this, and it's providing training and networking and various sort of mentorships uh, to startups that that get involved in the program, and it's an accelerator, so it aims to kind of disrupt 
the innovation in the supply chain, it looks at raw material sourcing, uh, looks at fabric, garments, all these things that really need to be looked at in collaboration because no one company can do all this uh, on their own, as we often say. Um, a particular focus is going to be on extended uh, innovations and startups that can actually impact the textile industry's approach to water, energy and chemical consumption. Um, so if you find these solutions somewhere in these kind of startup incubator modes, the idea is that with, with enough cash up front from some of the big boys that some of these things actually might might come to life. So it'll be interesting to see how this particular program plays out. Not anything particularly new. and We've got loads of different pro- programs like this. But if you can kind of marry up big cash investments with smart, innovative startups, then they might be onto something. So do check out Plug and Play Fashion for Good. Um, just Google it and you'll, you'll learn all about that. Um, so that was one story. The other story that caught my eye this weekend was um, a company called Panera Bread, which is a chain of, of cafes, restaurants all over the US. And they seem to be taking transparency to another level with their focus on providing information and signposting about what is exactly in the beverages that they serve at the point of pour there's a new sort of concept point of pour in january the the restaurant announced that it achieved its goal of eliminating artificial additives from its menu uh, menu now it's launched a new series of 100 percent clean is what they're calling it non-carbonated craft beverages made with no artificial sweeteners no preservatives no flavor you know, no colors no artificial colors um, so you've got these range of kind of teas and lemonades and all that type of stuff uh, that are going to be on sale uh, from this week in their in their kind of bakery cafes, and they'll be joined by some signage posting of the calories, the added sugar, uh, all the nasties or not in each of the beverages, and that the move makes Panera the first U.S. restaurant companies to to post this nutritional information at what they're calling the, the point of pour. Um, so, yeah, of course, it's a way of putting a spotlight on buying healthier drinks and, and snacks. But there's also a call here, I think, for companies to get ultra-transparent, something we've, we've seen a bit of but not not much of. And like many of you, I often you know pick up a cup of tea at my local coffee shop on the way to work, and I'm always staggered by, well, A, the queue, and let's face it, people will strangely spend ages waiting in line to get a coffee. Uh, but also how many calories people are actually consuming first thing in the morning with their, you know, double whipped cream frappuccinos or whatever they're buying. Um, And I wonder, would people think twice if the real ingredients were actually displayed at the point of pour? So I think we're going to see a little bit more of that over the the coming months, no doubt. Um, But anyway, food for thought on a Monday. Anyway, let's get on with this week's show and meet this week's guest business. So Matt Simpson from Connecticut arrives in Cosrae in Micronesia in 2008. He's a young volunteer teacher and he picks up some work at one of the local high schools on the island and he falls in love. He falls in love with the people, he falls in love with the island, he falls in love with the work-life balance he has encountered and created for himself I guess. And who wouldn't? After work every day, he's merely a hop, skip and a jump from the ocean where he spends hours surfing and lapping up the waves. And when his teaching contract came to an end, Matt understandably was reluctant to leave. His time on Cosray had taught him many things, including the fact that very few businesses actually existed on the island and hardly anything was being exported out of Cosray. His former students who had now left school were either unemployed or who had already left the island, shipped out to find work in the US perhaps, most probably working on minimum wage. 
So Matt decided to do something about it, and green banana paper was born. Now, Matt was, as he admits himself, a bit lost in high school, and he originally went into teaching because he felt an urge to help kids who, much like him, needed a helping hand to tread their own path in life. And taking that philosophy into his business, he's built a company not to serve his own interests as a budding entrepreneur, but to satisfy and serve the needs of his team, of his workers, and of the the local community in which his business sits. And as he explains to me during our conversation this week, Matt had absolutely no previous experience doing what his company now does. He learned everything from Google or YouTube. As his latest Kickstarter campaign came to an end last week, Matt's business is ready and raring to go. Yes, it's taken a good few years to get to this point. But Matt's story is one of passion, belief and creating a business for the good of the many rather than just the few. Matt, thank you so much for being there and agreeing to to come on the show. Um, I know you've been experiencing some some power outages uh, over there, so where you are, but it's not always easy to to rely on Skype technology. But tell us where you are right now, uh, Matt. I'm about halfway across the world from you. Uh, We're located in the region of Micronesia, which is in the Western Pacific, about halfway between Hawaii and the Philippines. And our island is called Koshrai. It's one of the four states of the Federated States of Micronesia. Koshrai. And and literally in the middle of nowhere. Literally a dot on the map. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So it's the evening here in the UK. (laughs) It's the early hours where you are. Uh, explain the scene, describe the scene for us, where exactly you are right now. Are you outside? Are you inside? Where are you? Right now I'm in my house, which is um, attached to my factory, and my workers are all about to show up. It's 8 a.m. now, and um, it's Friday, so we are in the future. And uh, (laughs) I can look out, and there's a beautiful uh, beach and ocean, and we've got a lot of banana plants and pineapple plants in the yard and yeah it's lovely okay well it's a, it's a lovely segue into uh, into diving into your business uh, green banana paper uh, i love this this business of yours there's a fantastic video on the home page of your website and i'm guessing it's been your way of kind of promoting the business running your kickstarter campaign but it's just brilliant and it kind of it walks us through the process involved in in making paper from banana trees and I guess the eventual products, which is your your wallets. And of course, I urge our listeners to go and watch it after they've listened to the show. But give us a give us a brief summary of that video, Matt. How, how do you kind of make this paper from, from banana trees? Right. So banana trees uh, only bear fruit once. They do regenerate uh, with new shoots from the same plant from the bottom. So banana farmers... Uh, are required basically to chop down the tree and that becomes waste. So we have uh, a population of 6,000 people. We have a population of banana trees that's like over 300,000 banana trees. So it's an abundant uh, resource that has previously been um, just wasted. And I kind of found that out and did some research and, and found that the fibers inside are useful. So we collect the, the trees from the farmers We pay them for it, of course. We process them uh, by extracting the fibers, and then it becomes a a handmade paper process, just like you find in anywhere in the world where you chop up this fiber, you clean it uh, by boiling it, you put it in a pulping machine, 
and then um, we we uh, spread the pulp onto these screens. It dries in the sun, and then it can peel off those screens and is now paper. And then we further processes process the papers by cutting them and printing them and scoring and folding and sewing and all the all sorts of ideas in order to create higher value products Brilliant. that we can export. And and so now you've got farmers that are now being paid by you for for material that they were just throwing away. Were they just burning these the trees? Were they? Um, we have mostly subsistence farming. We don't have plantations here because the jungle just takes over so quickly. So uh, people don't necessarily burn um, the banana trees, but they just leave them to rot in okay. the, you know where they where they fall basically. Okay. So how long have you been in that part of the world, and where, where are you from originally? I'm originally from Old Lyme, Connecticut. Um, I grew up there, went to school in Vermont, and then after I knew I wanted to, I was trained uh, to become a teacher, a high school teacher, and I um, knew I wanted to live abroad. So I, I uh, was a volunteer teacher in the Marshall Islands for a year in 2007 and 2008 okay. with a program called World Teach. And then uh, I ended up staying out here, and I've been out here since 2000. Uh, I've been on Koshrai since 2008, so nine years now. Wow. You just didn't want to go home, or what happened? Oh, uh, I, I didn't like the hustle and bustle of, of uh, American life, and I was fortunate to come out of school without any debt and just wanted to make a, a better life or a more, you know, a less uh, work-focused life and yeah. see, see uh, what I could find out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the idea of, of, of setting up this particular particular business, I mean, where did that start? Where, what was the sort of trigger for that? I taught at the high school here for four years. And um, most of my students, uh, especially the, you know, the brighter ones that uh, have, you know, some, they have some uh, potential, they all leave the island. Um, so they go to, right. they go abroad, they go to college, they go find, find work in Hawaii and Guam. Micronesians are, uh, able to enter the U S without visas. Um, okay. so most people leave the Island there's, and there's no jobs here. So what I wanted to do was create, uh, economic opportunity, create employment opportunities so that more people can, um, you know, uh, afford to stay here and support their families and not have to leave the island because uh, though most of them leave the island, most of them don't want to leave the island. They, they know that life in Koshrai is very nice and with their families and very beautiful here. Right. Okay. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, you know, at the start, was there, was there a purpose to this business? But really for you, this was about supporting the local economy and, and encouraging people to sort of stay rather than go off in search of, of, of alternative employment, was it? Yeah, it's just to kind of help my community and do something sustainable with sustainable resources and um, just make a difference however I could. And I love teaching, but um, mm. I felt like I could make a bigger impact doing this in the private sector. Yeah, right. And I love the fact that you had no previous experience of, of, of making paper or making your products and that, you know, you, you went on Google, you used YouTube and that sort of taught you everything you needed to know about about this process, right? That's right. Yeah, it's amazing. 
So, so I, I wonder whether there's other, you know, business owners out there that have done something similar. But, but, but literally, you had absolutely no, no experience. You didn't really know what you were doing. Is that? I mean, was that really the case, or did you have a kind of a, an inkling of, 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 you know, the start of this process that you thought actually, if I, if I can use some skills, I can learn the rest, or did you just absolutely know absolutely nothing? I'm a, I'm a creative person, and I, I like projects. So this was a challenge, and I, I love every step of it uh loved learning it and overcoming little little obstacles and difficulties and and just keep on uh keep on solving problems and on a daily basis island life can be very monotonous if you don't have something to keep you busy and right, keep challenging right. you so this was it for me yeah so so it's 6000 people living on on this island just how big is it can you give us some sort of context of how big the landscape is it's uh, 42 square miles. It's like a mini Tahiti. So it's volcanic. Uh, most of the, the island lives around one uh, circular road. And there's just little hamlets of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite small. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it sounds it sounds incredible. I mean, how's the business going right now? I know you've been running a fundraiser through Kickstarter where are you at with it all right now? How's it all going? Yeah, today is our last day on Kickstarter for our um, line of wallets, which was our, our debut product. And it's gone great. We had a goal of 10000 We're up to about $25,000 right now raised. And that money is going towards uh, reinvesting and improving our wallets and products and also hiring several new staff members. And um, the, the campaign really put us out there and got us some great attention so we've been contacted by uh resellers and and people looking for wholesale accounts as well which is very nice oh excellent so that's the kind of the main route to market you want to go down you want to get out into into stores do you that's yeah that's definitely the plan uh there's all sorts of ways to go ahead with this business and i'm uh, open to pretty much any of them uh i want this to be sustainable I, i want I want it to grow and um, paper can be made into anything. It can, we can brand it. Uh, we can shape it in any form. So there's almost too much, too many possibilities uh, to, to kind of choose from. So we're, uh, yeah, we went ahead with these wallets and they're a great product. Um, we've had great response and we'll see where we go from here. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the, the sort of applications for this material. It's, it's what, what are the sort of main characteristics of it? It's, it's waterproof, isn't it, to a certain extent, or it kind of it naturally dries because there's so much kind of water in the banana plants. Um, what are the other characteristics of it? And, and, and yeah, what are the other applications? What, what else are you thinking about beyond the wallets? Well, natural fibers um, are very versatile uh we've been using like fiberglass and and plastics for so long and all all of us are realizing how bad they are for the environment and natural fibers can act as in the same way so um banana fiber actually is used in in cosmetics in uh paper uh sorry um currency printing and monies around the world um car manufacturers are starting to use this so you can you can um use it in fiber reinforced plastics you can mix it with epoxy and create uh eco-friendly kind of uh 
various pro- like mold formed products. You can you can do so many things with it. Uh, paper wise, paper is used in in everything in all around us. So uh, it's very strong. It's quite expensive to make um, compared to other you know uh, tree based papers that are made in a giant factory. We're we're hand processing most of this and. Um, it's quite labor intensive. So we're looking at higher value products, uh, the least kind of the least amount of fiber or paper um, needed with with the highest value. So wallets has been great. Um, they're very tear resistant. The fibers are very beautiful. They're uh, long. They're, they last forever. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do wonder that. So this the the key to this is is around this material being used by hand and and being that and being sort of a hand crafter. This is not a material necessarily that could be, I don't know, bought by larger manufacturers and used as a sort of substitute for other <clears> materials. <throat> Although you're saying we're we're starting to see that, are we, with with car manufacturers, etc. Oh, certainly. Um, uh, yeah, Philippines and India and Ecuador they are exporting um, large amounts of. They use abaca. Uh, mostly, uh, which is one species of banana trees. We use all species of banana trees, okay. and those um, those are being industrially pulped. And even like Mercedes is using them in uh, car dampening, like a uh, vibration dampening uh, door panels and things. So it's, yeah, it's an interesting field. And if you can get fancy with the uh, post production of it, it 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 can be really exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the ultimate goal is what, Matt? I mean, where do you want to take this business of yours? I would like to, um, I would like to support hundreds and hundreds of people. Uh, my ultimate goal is to prove this concept um, here and get the the sales side of it uh, cooking, so that we can expand. We can move to our other island neighbors who are begging us to go there and do this um, same project right is it's really a community-based project and if we can um, if we can get the customers and the clients uh, then that's kind of that's kind of my dream is to have 500 you know staff or, or provide a living to you know 500 people around the islands would make a huge difference out here. Yeah, and right. do it with something sustainable and good for the community. Yeah. And and do you have a, a sense of, of what that kind of sales process might look like? Like, do you, do you kind of have a, a vision of what, you know, a route to success might be? Um, <clears throat> right now, uh, with our, our wallets and our papers, it's just a matter of uh, getting our, our name out there, meeting the right people. Uh, there's successful operations like what they do with elephant poop paper from thailand oh uh, yeah and those yeah. are sold internationally in zoos and things like that and um using the power of the internet basically uh selling our on amazon.com and etsy and um getting our brand established uh also branding for uh other companies doing corporate gifts um a lot of corporations have these initiatives that green initiatives or social impact uh, statements that they need to follow, and we're a great opportunity for those corporations to print um, their business cards or yeah. provide a corporate gift to their clients, like a card card holders or simple little things with their brand on them. So we're looking towards um, that right now. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the outset, you you sort of briefly mentioned when we were talking about the process of of, of making these products that you know it's it's been a bit of a journey, and you've kind of learned as you've as you've gone along. Is there anything that you would kind of de- do differently had you you know started this whole thing again? What what sort of the, the big lessons that you've learned? Oh, that's a tough question. You know, we're we're about. Uh, I started this idea of, uh, about four or five years ago, and right. it's taken that long to put into reality uh we've been operating for about two two and a half years to do differently um i mean i'm sure uh i've experimented with a lot of different types of of tools and things that didn't really pan out to what i wanted so i I could definitely uh save some money on uh investment capital but uh no i think we're we've created a great team um that's one of our strongest features is is our staff and the relationship um, that we have with each other and how we, we all are all kind of the sense that we're all in this together and yeah. kind of, a you know, a, uh, what's the word? It's, um, optimism for the future. Um, everybody is, everybody here would not have a job if they didn't work at green banana. So, um, yeah. that's, and, that's and the they, most rewarding thing. Yeah. And they would have left the Island presumably, would they? Yes. Yes. That's that's yep, crucially it. You've, you've created local employment for these guys, which is amazing. So, how many people working for you now? There's 21 that are um, with the Green Banana Paper right now, and uh, we'll, we'll be hiring a few more soon, hopefully. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, look, Max, it's been it's been great finding out more about you and the, and, the, and the business, and and you know, everybody, please do go check out GreenBananaPaper.com. Uh, watch the video that I mentioned earlier on the homepage; you'll be blown away by that. It's absolutely brilliant. And uh, is the website the best place that people can go to if they want to get their hands on these wallets, Matt? Yes, the website has um, – we'll be – after the Kickstarter finishes today, we'll be take, continuing to take uh, pre-orders. And we also have other uh, hand-woven products and things for sale. And all the information can be found on greenbananapaper.com. Brilliant. Matt, good luck with it all, and we wish you all the very best. And thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Tom. Much appreciated. Take care. Matt Simpson there calling me on Skype from uh, Cosray in Micronesia, literally in the middle of nowhere. Just, oh, it just sounds beautiful though, doesn't it? Um, as Matt said though, please do check out the uh, the website, greenbananapaper.com uh, for all the details on Matt, on the business and to pick up one of these brilliant banana paper wallets. Um, please, as ever, do let me know what you think of the show and as I sporadically say to you, if there's a business you'd like to see featured in these pages then just shout send me an email tom idle at narrativematters.co.uk or tweet me at tom idle you can find me on linkedin as well as twitter uh, i'd love to hear from you but that's it for this week uh, i hope you enjoyed it short and sweet this week uh, we'll be back again on friday for our friday five so don't miss that uh, but until next time goodbye <laughs>